T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays, 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Cody Westerland, do you think my desire for Bulls clarity of some kind, one way or another, is going to be satisfied within the next day? No, I don't think so, Dan. Because, look, I don't expect a trade today, right? If we're operating under the presumption that that doesn't happen in the next three hours, and then Arturis Karnishevis goes out and talks to the media, they're clearly going to say they still care about the remainder of this season, and then the big potential moves would be in the summer, and they're not going to reveal in the summer what they're going to do or which way they could be hedging. Well, the next, <laughs> the next morning. Good morning, Arturis. These 28 games is going to be evaluating the group, and the next step is uh, to make adjustments during the draft and uh, free agency. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports talk. Jigs would always, we joke about it, but he would always take care of you. Like, if you went on a run for Jigs, he'd take care of you. Jigs would turn on the microphone There's that and too. just say, like, I need somebody to repave my driveway. And then, poof. <laughs> my favorite, though, my absolute favorite. The different where, orders? Yes. Where on the air, they'd take a lunch order. Not off the air. On the air. <laughs> Jesse would say, I'm going over to Sammy's. What do you want for lunch? Oh, God, I miss and then, Sammy's. And Jen Freeman would be like, wet beef. And then Mike would be like, uh, yeah, give me a beef jar in there. And Jigs J- 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 would say, I'll have a, I'll have a Greek salad. <laughs> <laughs> the, Greek, the Greek salad with the pita on the side. And then in the talk back, he would, he, you'd go, too Polish with everything. <laughs> Cheese fries. <laughs> On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That was nice to hear me laugh. I forgot I could laugh. I forgot things could be fun. <laughs> yeah, things can be fun. I'm, I'm so unhappy about the Bulls. I'm so insulted by this. This isn't okay. You can't talk to us like this. You're You're not allowed to talk to us like this. And I'm I'm saying this in in some different capacities here. I'm saying it as someone who's who grew up a a fan. Going, I mean, sitting in the old Chicago Stadium on Jerry Sloan night on rickety chairs in an empty arena, watching big fat super fan run laps around while I'm watching Mickey Johnson. And I'm 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 saying it as somebody that 
was 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 here for through artist Gilmore and Reggie Theus and Michael Jordan. Yeah, I'm going to give you my my score caller fan cred here. But then to have and as someone who covered to have the opportunity and the privilege of being around championship teams every day, three champions being there at their practice facility every day and traveling with them in the playoffs from city to city to city at every shoot-around and every game and three hours after every game in those same buildings and being the last person out. And then, in capacity as a host and observer, commingling those things into something that where I've got to sort of figure out where I am that sometimes I need to... They're still close to my heart, but I'm still able to be objective. Smart Hulk. That it's sort of the, the version of Smart Hulk, where you can you can be Bruce Banner and be the Hulk at the same time. And I, I really wanted to share that breakfast with him in Endgame. Yeah, right. Like that bowl of eggs, and and you had the it looked good. pigs in a blanket. And he's taking pictures of kids and all that. Yeah, but that's but th- that that's kind of how I feel. If there's if there's somehow being in the middle of that of of both of those minds, you can't talk to me like that. You can't say. We we lost some close games. I'm encouraged because of close losses. I don't want to see another trophy on any of your marketing materials. I don't want to see it. Show me unacceptable. Don't say unacceptable. Show me unacceptable. Maybe you'll do it in the offseason. Maybe you'll do it on draft night. This ain't it. I often think, and we've already got like, the galactic brain texter of, well, guys, he's going to blow it up in the offseason. I think that we often give executives of sports teams more credit that they're playing four-dimensional chess than we should. Because there, there obviously could be changes that are made. And if the idea is that you're going to restart building towards a championship team with Zach Levine and Vooch, you're drawing dead. Like, you really are. You're drawing... Like, if this were... If you were telling me that Vooch was 27, he's magically 27, all right, let's go. Let's, Let's go for a ride. But that's not what's happening here. They clearly thought that they were going to catch lightning in a bottle and that they were going to to have something with Lonzo Ball. This is nobody's fault. Lonzo got hurt. No one knows what's wrong with him. What bothers me is that throughout this entire time, when alarm bells were going off publicly about Lonzo Ball, that there wasn't work being done behind the scenes. That there wasn't actual, well, all right, Look, this guy is not going to be a part of what we're trying to do while DeMar is still a viable offensive option, while we still have him under contract control. They've, it's felt like they've just been sitting there waiting on Lonzo to come back and not preparing for him not to come back. And yesterday was another example of this. You clearly need point guard help. And whether it's in the draft or it at the trade deadline, you didn't go and find it. The concept of, and Arturis was talking about this in the press conference yesterday, the idea 
that the East got weaker because of the trades that went on is ridiculous. Like you, it is. You played them last night. How weak did that look to you? Exactly. How weak did that look when they're shoving Patrick Williams out of the way and they're stifling DeMar? Does that it, look weak? That's a team that didn't have the whole team. You had guys sitting there watching in the stands. They had barely any time to put put a game plan together, let alone practice it. And they, they all they had to do was the baseline game plan against the Bulls. We're going to shoot threes. They're not. So defend them, be physical with them, and if they're having a bad shooting night or even a mediocre shooting night, we should probably be in a position to win. And it's exactly what happened last night. I got one other fact here to present. If you're the, the other, if you're talking about re-signing Vooch, and Vooch is always there, and he's always available, and this is part of your plan going forward, this is why it's a bad plan. And, and I'm going I'm to give you some NBA history here. And Vooch is a nice player at, this, at as currently in this current iteration. Nice player. He's a below the, he's a productive below the rim big. Jeff Fairer, friend of the show, friend of the Organizations Win Championships podcast as well, said Vooch will be 33 next season. He's averaging 18 and 11 right now. You want the list of players in the history of the NBA to average 18 and 10 at 33 or older? Sure. Okay. These are the people. That have averaged 18 and 10 at 33 or older. Robert Parrish, Akeem Olajuwon, Moses Malone, Carl Malone, Elvin Hayes, Artis Gilmore, Pau Gasol, Patrick Ewing, Dave DeBusher, Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Charles Barkley, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I didn't want that list. Okay? That's your list. So unless you're betting that Vooch is a Hall of Famer, because Powell will be, unless you're unless you are saying that. Well, he's 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 going to follow these guys. That's got bad bet written all over it. The other part for me, when it comes to talk about Vooch, if he's that important, if the president of the Bulls and the head coach all think that he's that important to your offense. Why hasn't that message been distilled down to the floor? Why is it that the players that you picked to put around a player that's so important haven't figured out yet that they need to run the offense through him? And if if they resist that, why are you still backing them and why haven't you moved them? If the way forward for the Bulls offensively is through Vooch, and I understand the argument, then why haven't your players done it? Explain that to me. Why, why, if you feel that way, and Billy has talked about that. See, Billy why, sees the games. I'm not sure Karnaschovas is seeing the same games Billy is. But, but if they both agree on that, if they feel that strongly about Vooch as a player, then why isn't your offense centered around them? Oh, it's because you embolden one guy who's trying to live up to being a max player and you brought in another guy who's ball dominant. That's on you. If you thought that Vooch was the dude that's going to pull everything together, then why aren't you making a better effort to tell your GM, to tell your coach, to then tell his players 
that this is the way that Bulls' offense is going to run. You literally have players who aren't running the play that's called. That's problematic. If you value Vooch this much, then do what's necessary to let him flourish. We've got a ton of Bulls sound coming your way. You're asking, what's making these guys so angry? Well, you'll hear exactly that as we continue to lay out this case. It's This is not okay. This, this is just, it's not okay. You can't tell us that, that you're, you're seeing close losses. You can't tell us that this team just has to learn some things now in these last 27 games. This is, we know better than this. We, we do, we, we've seen too many games. We've seen this team. And all the stuff that Billy said about what, what Arturis was going to look at, the bigger picture, apparently not. So we'll hear more from him next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I don't know uh, regarding Zoe. Uh, I think he's making small improvements, but we're still going to have more information for you probably post uh, All-Star weekend, and we're going to inform you about that. Just tell us now, then. You know what you're saying. It, it's He doesn't even have to tell us now. Just act like you know. You've been sitting around here for over a year not knowing what what's going on with Lonzo Ball and not preparing for, for what's been pretty clear. Like, oh, Lonzo's not doing anything. That doesn't seem like a guy who's going to be able to come back quickly and help your basketball team. So why don't you try to figure out another way around this? Now, nah, we'll just wait. Okay, that's a strategy. And then what happened? We still don't kind of know what's up with him. Then what happened to your team? Well, we were losing games. So now what? We'll just wait. We'll just see how they do. Awesome. We'll see if they start winning games. This is what he said yesterday. Arturis Karnaschovas, executive VP of basketball operations for the Bulls in Brooklyn yesterday as the trade deadline passed with the Bulls doing nothing. I just think that this group showed some resiliency improvement this year because we kind of flipped the script uh, from last year beating bad teams losing to good teams uh, this year winning against good teams and losing to below 500 teams staying in a lot of games um, I'm like a fan base you know hate to lose uh, in a lot of those close games 
it's just disappointing to see that our record doesn't show that we improved. So after a busy couple of days, I think, you know, we came to conclusion that this was the best group for us to give us the best chance to win. Were you disappointed you couldn't get something done because of the current makeup? There were so many buyers, right? So there were a lot of teams that didn't want to take a step back, including us. So we tried to improve our team, but at what cost? And that price was not okay with us. So I think next stage for us, now that we passed the trade deadline, is to evaluate this group next 28 games. Like I said, you know, mediocrity and average is, is, is not okay with us. But the next step is what's going to happen for the rest of the season and then how we can address you know, during the draft and free agency, uh, the shortcomings. Given the landscape of what the other teams did in front of you and back to you, where do you feel you are for these last 28 games? I mean, I'm, I'm still, I still have confidence in this group. I think uh, we would have, uh, if we pulled it out the last game, we would have been in eighth spot. So there's still wiggle room. There's some parity in uh, in the East. I think the the trade deadline kind of shifted some quality more t- towards West. So there's, you know, there's a chance, obviously, to compete in the East, Eastern Conference. And there's a lot of teams that are pretty good, uh, but they're just clutch all together. So I think there's, there's a chance there in the next 28 games. Professor, I have a question about your guys' shooting. Uh, it was cited as an off-season need last off-season, obviously. Your numbers are your numbers as far as shooting mm-hmm. the three-point driven league. How difficult is it to watch a team in this modern era play the way you are playing? I mean, some games we would have good three-point rate, you know, and uh, the reason why we were in a lot of games last year, we were not shooting a lot of threes, but we were making them, right? We're still making them, but again, now now our defense in top ten, you know, but our offense is right, you know, it's it, it's in the 20s, so I think most of the time is we depend on our offense right now, and but I think in terms of rate, yes, you know, we would like to bring the three-point rate up more, but I think we still... Um, making at the very good rate of the threes. How would you characterize your view of this season so far in the sense of are you disappointed, are you surprised? I am disappointed in terms of result. I'm disappointed, you know, inconsistencies were disappointing a little bit to me. Uh, but again, there's, those guys are still hanging in there. Uh, players and coaches are doing a great job now to hang in there. There's still time. We have 28 games left. Uh, we have to improve our position, and each team probably says the same thing. So we're going to battle, and we'll see what happens. Do you expect to be in the playoffs? Yes. All right, let me just run through some notes here. Feel free, resiliency, and improvement. We're staying in a lot of games. I'm disappointed that our record doesn't show that we improved. Hmm. What's the other conclusion? Your, if your record doesn't show that you improved, maybe you didn't. Maybe you're the same team that you were after the All-Star break last year because the record's just about the same. Yeah. Treading a, along at a little under 500. And it's a bigger sample size. Than yeah. That, look at that. Your record doesn't show. That we're disappointed our record doesn't show that we improved. Okay. I, 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 I draw a different conclusion from that personally. It's such a self-owned to say it was a great buyer's market, such a competitive buyer's market. Yep. Awesome. You know what you do then when you're the Bulls? That's when you strip this thing for pieces (laughs) 
and you get closer to winning a championship. There are so that's what there's so many buyers. Look at everybody buying. Uh, well, I guess we can't buy. I wish there was some Something other option. Else we could do stand pat. Yeah, you could Good. do that. But since there are so many buyers, and and you said in all of these talks. Uh-huh. You learned that you have such you know, so many good players. You know what that means? People would trade for them. Right. That there might be some value in those players because there, there's so many buyers. So, like, look, neither one of us has an economics degree. Wait, do you have, like, a secret economics degree? I do. Far from it. All right. So there's a lot of buyers, and the assets are limited. And you have them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You could probably be like, hey, buyer, how about you take a look at this? And why is he so bothered by perfectly reasonable questions about their inability to hit threes? I don't know because he, he does seem to understand that he, that he wants to get the rate up. People around the Bulls have been trying to make that argument. We don't take a lot of threes, but the threes we do take, oh, we make. No. Mm-mm. Look at last night's game. Just look, like, really look at last night's game. And don't you dare say mediocrity is not okay with us. Yes, it is. And Dan, his whole idea of the East has kind of come back to us. No, it hasn't. Brian, we look at this and we see Chicago shooting 50%, Brooklyn shooting 36%. Why is it a two-point game? Brooklyn has made seven threes, none for the Bulls, a 21-point difference. This is what we're talking about with the Bulls. They've got some good players. You're last in the league in shooting threes. It makes it very, very difficult. Simmons, a couple of nice takes to the basket in this one. He's got a lot of room to work inside. Levine misses a three. Caruso disrupted, but into the hands of Harris. Saw Cam Thomas check back in. He's over six. Joe Harris lighting it up here in the second quarter. 12 points for Joe Harris in the quarter. His fourth made three. Ball don't lie. Highlight courtesy of TNT. No editing. All one minute. Ball don't lie. You were outscored in three-point shooting last night with 51 to 15? I mean, come on, man. Like, I am surprised at how bad Arturis seems to be at simple math. He's as bad at simple math as I am, and I'm terrible at it. Can't figure out that threes are more than twos. Can't figure out when a buyer's when a seller's market is going on because there's more buyers available. Come on, man. But this is what I mean, Dan, about I think that in our all of us, and I'm talking about Bulls fans too, anything new was going to feel great. He also, well, let's look. When they hired him, it's not like we didn't make phone calls. It's not like we didn't talk to people. He had a sterling reputation and came in with very high recommendation. It's not like 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 Michael Reinsdorf just sort of plucked this guy out of I, obscurity. No, Th- I'm not, it, I'm this not all saying made that. sense. He had a, a sterling reputation. Yes, but but that sterling reputation 
is mostly based off of the development of one unicorn. And like I was saying in transition, just because you found one doesn't mean you could tell me where the unicorn farm is. And, and everything that's gone on since, you tell me about development, and I, I'm looking around for the players that you developed. Because even if you want, like if you wanted to, if you wanted to, in the argument, take Io, I would argue that Io developed himself. I would argue that through his game at Morgan Park and his game at Illinois, he made himself into the player that he is. Now, I think he might be near the ceiling of his own development, but I'm not sure that the Bulls have made him better at all. We put a huge emphasis on development. Obviously, you know, uh, during the season, uh, it's hard because it's it's a lot of games. There's no practices. Uh, the offseason is, uh, you know, when players work on their individual improvements. But I thought that, you know, Io and, you know, and Patrick made, uh, improvements this year, but again, consistency is the key, and that's the quality of the player. You got to get to the point where you're consistent every game, and coaching staff knows exactly what they're getting from you. Where's Marco Simonovic? Right. Why doesn't Dalen Terry play? Well, I I understand why he doesn't play. Oh, I do too. Because he's a long way away from being a viable NBA player. I got a story for you that not that will not surprise me. Yeah. But, but Simonovic is not an instinctive player either. Not, not as aware a player as he needs to be either. And if your development curve for Patrick Williams, if you're really if you're really honed in and you're trying to make him into a player, you've got to give him opportunities. And the way that your roster is constructed doesn't allow for him to grow. Because you've got one guy trying to prove a point, another guy trying to prove another point, and none of that has to do with the necessarily winning or them trying to get the most out of Patrick Williams. It's left him so in between that some nights he's just broken. Right. And then then there's the actual development of playing in the NBA where we've seen him on on back-to-back games, and I'm I'm guessing this is partially why Billy benched him, teams being able to physically intimidate him. Memphis did it to him from from the word go a couple nights ago. And the book is is written. Go right to his chest. Punch him right in the face. Go right into his sternum. Put a shoulder into him. Put an elbow into him. I mean, you know, because in the group text, I've been waiting for Patrick Williams to be like, enough, and lower his shoulder into somebody and be done with it and, and say, I'm, you're not going to do this to me anymore. And I'm sure that the Bulls are, are probably feeling similarly, but these are the things that you keep telling me that you're about. It's supposed to be player-friendly, and it's supposed to be about player development. Show me your work. What's your work? Show me how you got to that conclusion. Because no one on this team that would fall under the development umbrella seems to be developing at all. 
When we come back, we're going to listen back to what Arturis Kernishovas had to say with Dan Wiederer and David Haw on Mully and Haw this morning. There's also something our own Cody Westerland's antenna picked up on that is uh, tangentially interesting as well. More Bulls breakdown when we come back. Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Station, 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 Station. I threatened you with more sound, and I'm going to follow through on it because that's what we have. Mike Rankin has coordinated the harvest of all of the stuff that we got. So let's run through what we heard this morning and when he was at the airport and apologizing for the sound quality. And we're, apparently we're told what was supposed to be 15 minutes ended up being allotted to only uh, only 10 minutes, as happens sometimes. Oh, guys, I got to get on a plane. Yeah, and and when they make sure that you're at the airport and the sound quality, like that's, that's not an accident. It's not an accident. Yeah, you're the guy that runs the organization. Right, so right. Guess guess what the plane's going to do if you're not ready for it. That that's not an accident. It's going to, to make to it wait. to make that that perfunctory interview difficult for to to be as communicative perhaps as possible. But the boys this morning asked him first, what are the expectations for the rest of the season? We were active. Uh, regardless if we made deals or not. I mean, but we just couldn't find any deals that were going to help us this season and going forward. So that said, we believe that this group, our current group, is going to give us the best chance, you know, next 28 games. This group has to figure it out, how to win games. Now, right now, the goal is to be in the playoffs. You know, that, again, these 28 games is going to be evaluating this group and the next step is to make adjustments during the draft and uh, free agency. That's about what I thought we were going to hear. I, I was saying it on Monday th- after I listened to Billy that they're now secondary. What they're they're going to as their goal is the playoffs, and and they'll they'll keep moving the goalpost, Dan. Where if they don't make the playoffs, but they make the play in. That'll be sufficient. Look at how hard they tried so they could hang on and play an extra game or two or end up in a series because they they end up getting hot. That's what all of this is. We don't have championship aspirations, even though you have AK talking about the Eastern Conference like Milwaukee is not still up there. Like Philly is not still up up there. We know that there was a secret contract extension given to Billy Donovan and the timing of the leak of the announcement was certainly interesting. This was his most recent evaluation of his coach. Billy and his staff did an unbelievable job this year. You know, I'm I'm there with them uh, in the same building. Uh, we've tried, you know, uh, to engage this group and, you know, and to improve this group. Again, results are not there but there's so many close games that we we lost this year uh, which is obviously reflecting our standings right now and it's it's a disappointing thing a couple of games go our way you know we we have you know 500 is, is that where we want to be no uh, the objective obviously is going to be 
we've got to do better than that. So we'll look at everything and make sure that, you know, by April we have our thoughts put together. But okay, he never great. he never at any point, because David had asked him about why the why the extension was secret. And he didn't answer that part of the question. We've tried to engage this group. How about that? We. We've tried to engage this group and improve this group. And if you can't, and if it hasn't worked, then wh- what, what do what, you do? What, why do these last 27 now, why do you think, what more, how, how much more can you try to engage a group that doesn't engage? How many times this year have people around the Bulls, the Bulls players themselves, fans of the Bulls, have gone, oh, well, this is when they'll make their move. Oh, well, look, they've won 7 out of 10. This is when they're going to make their move. And then immediately, disappointing loss, disappointing loss, back to three games under 500. Trip to France. Everyone came together. This is when they'll make their move. Code red meeting with Zach. This is when they'll make their move. Yeah, halftime of the Minneapolis or Minnesota game. Yep. Right? You got all of these, these points where the Bulls are going to make a move and now you're you're 70% through the season and they haven't made a move. And they're they're closer to being out of the play-in than they are to being the sixth seed. So with all of this talk about continuity and the great job everybody's doing and the improvement that isn't reflected in the record, what does that mean for your your center who's coming out of contract now? In Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic is one of our most consistent guys, and he's always available. And that's a huge value for us. Since we acquired him from Orlando, he's been always, you know, always available and, you know, consistently producing. You know, so we gotta, we got to find ways right now in terms of how we can win as a team. We have good players, but now they have to put it together. Now they have to put it together? Now? Find ways to win as a team. You mentioned... Engage, engage and improve this group. Engage and improve this group. Does that relate to them not running what this Bulls team should look like, included with Vucevic? And you have a player that you could, since he's one of your more consistent players, theoretically you could do more. Theoretically the coach could come up with a concept that's going to allow for the offensive sets for the Bulls to run through one of the more consistent players on your team. But repeatedly, this team decides to not do that. It's been brought up by this show. It's been brought up by Stacey King. It's been brought up by Will Perdue. It's been brought up by Stan Van Gundy. It's been brought up by any national analyst that sat down and watched them. It's been brought up by Billy himself. Mike, can we that cut from Monday? You got that ready? This is Billy Donovan talking about Vooch. I don't think that he would isolate eight or ten games and not look at like I think Artur's quite honestly is he's looking at it from the All Star break last year, where, you know, I think we were, you know, I don't know, maybe tied for first or second going into the break and then looking at the break, you know, from there. Because I think what you have to do is when Caruso went out and Patrick didn't play, you know, our team coming out of the break, we just never got Lonzo back. You know, and there was optimism and hope we could get him back this year. Alex obviously missed a lot of time. And then Patrick started to come back after being out for five months. So I think he'll look and evaluate our team 
from after the All-Star break all the way through this. And, okay, you know, we have played a little bit better against the Milwaukee's and some of these other teams. But sometimes, you know, Joe, you – in the regular season, when you if you play well against some of those teams, you know you got to look at you know was it on a back to back? You know, like Dallas came in here with no Luca on a back to back. That was really so. Sometimes the schedule, and I'm not taking anything away from our guys. We have played we have played better against those teams, and that was certainly something we focused on in the off season because I think our defense last year, once you know Alex was out for a substantial amount of time, as was Lonzo. I mean, it really it took a nosedive. So you're trying to figure out, okay, how can we be better defensively? With Lonzo probably going into training camp, we're not going to have him. And Alex, hopeful, healthy, but probably not going to be a guy that's going to be on the floor defensively for you for 35 minutes a night. You know, how do we manage his his health as well? So, you know, there are areas that we've gotten better in, but, you know, I think that our tourists will take a, a pretty big body of that. Because I think he'll look at the way we competed against those teams even last year, you know, a little bit too. You know, last year was a hard year for him, I think, adjusting, you know, to, to our team and trying to find his spots. It was certainly a lot different for him, you know, even when he first got here, because he was probably, his usage rate was probably somewhat similar to the way it was in Orlando. And then last year when the team t- kind of changed, you know, I think as a big man where you're relying on other guys to get you the ball, you're trying to find spots. So, you know, one of the things I think for him is he's really done a great job of mixing in kind of everything in his game. There's opportunities where he can find switches or, you know, opportunities of having an advantage in the post. Certainly we run things to post him. Um, he's really good in the pocket. You know, when you throw it to me, the scoring or kind of spraying it out, he's always been a really good ball mover. But I just think he's more comfortable and has a better feel of, you know, where he can get into his areas to either facilitate or to score. And I, I'm kind of, I really like the way he's playing because he's getting it in a lot of different ways. You know, it's just not all through the post. It's just not all spotting up and shooting threes. It's not, he's kind of getting everything involved, which is, I think, helped our team. And the other thing too is I think he's generated a lot of good opportunities for other guys to create catch and shoot situations. It seems like the shot distribution is equalizing a little bit more uh, lately for that. Is that is he demanding more? Or is he, you know, taking a bigger presence and you know demanding the ball more? Um, one is I think a lot of it is like I said earlier, Sam. When you've got a big guy and you're relying on other players, I think bringing to the attention like there's a lot of times where he's gotten some switches, and quite honestly, we've missed him. And I think the worst thing you can do is on a switch is when they, you know you got a guy sealed and we're sitting there like staring the post down and it brings all this help and now you're trying to lob the ball into him. It's got to happen quick and randomly. And I think the guys have done a better job of recognizing those situations. Certainly, I think Vooch has always been an aggressive offensive player, one to stay aggressive. But I also think the other four guys on the floor have to have an awareness when he does roll and he does have post position yeah. that we got to randomly get it to him. When, when he's got those opportunities. And when, we don't you know, get it to him every time, all the time, but we've been better in those areas. Here, a couple problems. First of all, <laughs> in, in the sample size of games that he predicted Arturis Karnachovas, that's, that's not what AK said. Wrong. That's not what AK said. It's not. He's seen all of that, and now we're down to the last 27, and that's going to decide. Not the bigger picture. So good guess, Billy, but you're wrong. And, he, and if he told you that in one of your meetings, you know you, you might have assumed that because it makes sense. That, that's what a reasonable I, person I, would do. And again, like I think Billy's really smart and observant. I I actually really like him, but the thing that bothers me is it's inside that cut. He knows that the team should be doing a better job on screen roll of getting the ball to Vooch. 
yet they don't. You know why? And, and it's, there's no consequences to that. You, you know why they miss matchup advantages and switches? Why? Two reasons. Because you've got two guys taking turns shooting the ball, one guy may not even know there's a mismatch because he doesn't have any basketball instincts and doesn't see it coming and doesn't know that certain screens that are that are intending to create that mismatch when you get the switch that was the point of running what you were running it's he's oblivious to it and the other guy just doesn't care yep because he's got a shot to take that's why I mean, you can speak in the passive voice and say, we miss those switch mismatches often with Vooch, too often. Yeah, you do. And the good coach has got to figure out a way to demand that you don't miss them. We're going to take your phone calls because I know Wait, we, we are. We are. Wait, you got you to do the thing. Oh, I unlocked the phones. Yeah, I did. You, oh, you did that already? Buttons pushed. Okay. Buttons pushed. 312-644-6767. A reminder that Super Bowl Sunday is here, and Westwood One brings you the big game live, no matter where you are. Listen as the Eagles battle the Chiefs live from Glendale, Arizona. Coverage starts at 1 p.m. on Sunday, kickoff at 5.30. Download the Odyssey app today, and big game coverage on the score. Sunday is presented by Sota Weight Loss. That's S-O-T-A. Visit SotaWeightLoss.com. Your calls on the Bulls come next on The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.